Welcome to another episode of Sounds Japanese Canadian to Me with me, Raymond Nakamura. And me, Carolyn Nakagawa. Well, Carolyn, today we're going to be exploring baseball. How do you、oh. feel about baseball? I feel like it's a whole big world I know very little about, except for what I learned while researching this podcast. Now, of course, when we talk about Japanese Canadians and baseball, the obvious thing is the Asahi. Yes. And maybe everybody already knows about Asahi, or maybe not. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time or you haven't heard of them, but I think it's ground we can touch on, but a lot of other people have dealt with it. Yes, and I think there's a lot of excellent research that's already been done about the Asahi. When I post this podcast, I'll post some of those books、mm-hmm. and other things. If you want to learn more about the Asahi baseball team, which was based out of Powell Grounds, which is modern day Oppenheimer Park in the Powell Street area before 1942, and was the legendary team of the community that really united the community. And also helped forge bonds with Caucasians in Vancouver as well. Right, and it seems like their story encapsulates the experience of Japanese Canadians, both in the sense of pre-war that it was such a remarkable thing that they were playing against the larger community, so non-Japanese,、mm-hmm. which was an extraordinary thing in、mm-hmm. itself because it underlined、mm-hmm. the other kinds of discrimination that were taking place right. otherwise. Right, because in addition to not in general being as big and strong as the Caucasian players they were playing against, they were also facing racism from the umpires. But that tide started to turn because. People in the stands, whether they were Japanese Canadian or not, really admired the way the Asahi played and started to tell off the umpire when he was making unfair calls against them because they admired their skill.、Mm-hmm. But the idea of baseball, at first, when I, I guess, initially heard about the Asahi, I knew my my mom. She was a kid growing up on Powell Street, and she、mm-hmm. recalled going to watch them frequently on her way home from school and so、mm. on. And so it seems quite pervasive the awareness of it within the community at that、mm-hmm. time. But It's not like they learn the baseball here. Like I thought of baseball being North American and then it going to Japan.、But. Well, it is a much broader story, and I think some of them probably learned baseball here. But there is a history of baseball in Japan being a really popular sport. I mean, if you think about even in the language, the Japanese word for baseball is yaku.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the Japanese word for soccer is saka because it wasn't introduced until much later. So baseball is the only sort of Western sport that I know that in Japan has its own name because it seems to have been introduced much earlier. Yes,、um, even even back as far as the 1870s, there、yes. was an American, Horace Wilson, who was at Tokyo University and introducing it. So、mm-hmm. 1870s—that's just when Japan is opening up to the West. They're、right. opening、uh, to interested in Western ideas and these influences. Right. right on the tails of the Meiji Restoration with yes, baseball. Exactly. But it sounds like it didn't really take when this American tried to teach it to the Japanese students, and it's not until、uh, 1878. When Hiroshi Hideaoka, who had been studying abroad in the U.S. and then came back and became a supervisor in the Ministry of Engineering, he organized a team out of railway employees. So it took a Japanese person to introduce it in a way that really made it popular.、Hmm. But he had acquired that knowledge from his time in the United States. And then in 1896, there was the first international match, at least that we know of, that was held in Japan. In which the Ichiko Prep School team defeated an American team based out of the Yokohama Athletic Club, and apparently both sides were shocked at the result. 
that's pretty impressive, you know. First game against the Americans who taught you this game, and they they won. So that's pretty cool. Right, right. Well, I guess it was still fairly young in the United States too. I mean, it was the major leagues were just starting up around that mm. time period. So it's not like they had a great jump right. on them. But but that's what I found interesting is that the Issei, the first people who are coming over mm-hmm. to Canada, already had this interest in baseball. Well, not necessarily. It wasn't necessarily the same people playing baseball in Japan and in Canada. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was right. organized in the universities in yeah. Japan. But when Japanese were immigrating to Canada, they were often from the working classes. Mm-hmm. So they found out in Canada that this was something that just everyone did as a pastime. Mm-hmm. So they often would approach it from a different perspective. It's really class-driven. But it sounds like the first baseball team that was Japanese, Nikkei, was the Nippon's Baseball Club of Vancouver, which was established in 1908. So Nippon, obviously, meaning Japan. Japan. Yeah. So interesting that they're self-identifying in that way. And uh, Toyo Takata made an interesting comment in his book that the teams in Japan tended to call themselves the Hawks or the Tigers and things like that. Whereas the initial Japanese-based teams in Canada were the Nippons. Victoria had their first team also called the Nippons. Yeah, so it's the Nippons versus the the Nippons. <laughs> kind of like the Rough Riders and yeah. well, used to be in the CFL. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like if you go to Quebec, you know, there's there's PFK, which I can't pronounce, but it's the French for Kentucky Fried Chicken. But oh, in yeah. France, it's KFC. Oh. So it's like once oh. you leave the mother country, you mm. need to mm. really assert mm. your your nationality and your connection. To yeah, well, more. I, I guess yeah, as, yeah. The context of it is interesting, and the context for baseball. And the time, you know, to think about entertainment and how people occupied themselves before television and before video games, obviously, the idea of doing stuff and then going seeing Mm -hmm. live people doing stuff on different levels. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just professionals that you'd go and see, but to be able to watch it on on different levels. Right, because you need your local team because you don't Mm -hmm. have a TV set to watch Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. that are happening Mm -hmm. in Japan or things that are happening on a national level even. And so we talked about the Powell Grounds briefly and previously as well, the importance of it. But what I hadn't realized is that it was also a significant venue within Vancouver as a whole. Oh, yeah. Because one of the first exhibition games of baseball outside of the Japanese-Canadian community was played at the Powell Grounds. Really? Just in Vancouver in general? Yeah. So they had major games taking place oh. there already. So there was that exposure in the larger sense. Yeah, and it also seems like it wasn't just the Asahi. They weren't the only Japanese-Canadian team that was based out of Powell Grounds. Looking at the different Nikkei leagues, the big ones seem to have been the Busei League, the Buddhist Baseball League. And that league was dominated by the Hompa team, which was based out of Powell Grounds. And there was also the Japanese Baseball League, which had a few different teams competing for their championship. So the Busei League, yeah, they also had, uh, was it Fairview and uh, Kitsilano? Yeah, the Fairview Buseis. Um, I'm not sure what the Kitsilano's team was in that league. But it sounds like it was mainly a Fairview-Hompa rivalry until until Hammond came in. Ah. So it seems like there were originally four teams in the Busei League. It was the Hompa team, Kitsilano, Fairview, and also the Steveston Fujis. But Steveston apparently was a very good team, but had to drop out in 1939 because fishing season and baseball season were pretty much at the same time. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. So, you know, if you're out on a boat, you can't really play baseball. That's interesting because I wasn't so sure about earlier on, but in the 1939, in that time period, I was looking through back issues of the New Canadian. Mm -hmm. So the Japanese Baseball League had the Hammond Farmers and and the Steveston. 
Yeah, it sounds like those two leagues had a lot of the same teams or players. Oh, like, I see. Pretty closely. Okay. Yeah, so the Steve's and Fuji's, I think, were in both leagues, but had to drop out of one or both. So I guess the Hammond is Port Hammond, where they had the strawberry farming out in... Right, in, uh, so it's sort of the Ridge. area of Maple Ridge uh-huh. that we know nowadays. So they called themselves the Hammond Farmers, appropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they edged out the Fairview Bluebirds. So interestingly enough, their colors were maroon and white, but they were the Bluebirds. But anyway, the Hammond Farmers beat them to take on the Humpas in the championship in 1941, which was the year that the Hammond Farmers joined the league. So they're kind of referred to the newspapers as like the country boys. Mm. Well, I mean, even now you think of Maple Ridge being a fairly remote area in the greater Vancouver area. But imagine before as many people had cars, before we had yeah, this yeah. public transit right. network, it would have been much more remote yeah. than even it is yeah. now. This idea of baseball taking place wherever there were people, it seemed like a recreational thing because I was looking oh, yeah. Yeah. some of the descriptions they're going to have a picnic and there's going to be baseball and so it was an activity that they did and there were also seen to be reports in the new canadian of these different areas in the interior where they'd be going to play other right so um, even places. um like wood fiber where there was a paper mill i believe there was a team and they traveled to steveston in 1932 we have a picture of the team presumably they were there to play a game because they traveled there as a team and also Fraser Mills. And where else did you find there were teams, Raymond? In Summerland. Oh, really? And Kelowna. Before they the were war? T- yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was mentioned in the New Canadian from these reports. Mm-hmm. And they were called the Hinode, according to this, oh. which I think is like sunset. And okay. either a play on the words, because Asahi being morning sun, right. whether it's, you know, a juxtaposition like of day that. day and night. Know. Yeah, yeah, something like that. You know, epic rivalry. Sun, yeah, That's interesting, though, because Hinode seems to be a fairly common baseball team. And we know that there are other Asahi baseball teams around the world. Like there was a team in San Jose in the United States called the Asahis. Mm. And I think there was also one in Hawaii, probably all over the place. It seemed to be a popular name. And Hinode, that was what the Port Alberni team was called around 1930. And even into the 40s, they started a softball league in the road camps. It was a three-team league based out of Princeton. And they had the Taiyo team, which means sun, mm-hmm. meaning right. sun, yeah. and the Asahi team, and the Hinode team. So like really strong sun theme seems to be the biggest recurring Well, and I noticed the logo or part of the design on some of the Asahi jerseys with that. I guess it's supposed to be the Asahi with the rays coming out of it, the red red in a circle. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of looks like a baseball with speed lines in a manga. So I I wondered about (laughs) that aspect of it. Yeah, Yeah, um, other popular names that I found, there's a few teams called the Tigers. There's actually a team that splintered off from the Asahi in 1921 that called themselves the Tigers. That was the year that the Asahi toured in Japan and the people stayed behind called themselves the Tigers but there's also the Ocean Falls Tigers baseball team and there seem to be a few different teams also called the Giants including the champions of the Japanese Baseball League who played out of Powell Grounds. So the Tigers I think it's the Hanshin Tigers now the professional Japanese baseball right, team. Right, right. So and I the don't... first professional Japanese baseball team was the Tokyo Giants so uh-huh. those are really popular images I guess in Nikkei right in yeah. Japanese baseball. Yeah. And the Giants even came to visit Vancouver and play exhibition games in 1935, wow. which was apparently a very popular 
thing that took place. I bet. And they played against the Asahi as well in an exhibition game. Mm -hmm. And they had originally played together in Japan, maybe before the Giants were pro, I think, in 1921, when Asahi toured Japan. Yes. Right. So that's a really interesting international friendship. It seems like the Asahi also had a role in some of these other games because there was mention of Tai Suga. He was an important player in the Asahi, and then he was also a mentor of the Hammond team. And there was Mm -hmm. another case where I saw that Roy Yamamura umpiring a game over on the island when he happened to be visiting for business. And he was also from Kitsilano, right, Roy Yamamura? So he was originally a Yamato player with the Kitsilano Yamato team. Oh, I see. Before the Asahi. And then he got plucked by the Asahi because they would always headhunt the best players from all the teams. So they headhunted a bunch of ones from the Fairview Mikados. And yeah, there's lots of connections like that. And of course, when all this organization of the baseball leagues in the greater Vancouver area was put to an end by the force removal. Many of these people were the players that were helping found baseball leagues in the different camps and towns. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about baseball? Do you think there is something about baseball or do you think it was just the time that had this appeal? Like why baseball? I mean, why not baseball? I think is maybe the question. Well, it was very popular, but in the Sleeping Tigers video, they put in the context that it requires this team play element, which caters to the sense of wa, the connectedness of oh, the Japanese. Okay, and so then like they, it's resonating with traditional well, Japanese Well, ideas. part of, of values. And then on top of that, there's layered the idea of the pitcher versus the batter as being like a samurai duel. Oh. And so maybe it's stretching it, but it's interesting, those elements. And when I was in Japan, it seemed to me that I sort of had the sense that baseball is fundamentally different from most major sports nowadays in the sense that it's not time restricted in the same way mm. so, you it's know, not, so it's not it's, based on speed i mean it is but only in a sort of controlled way it's more controlled by strategy than yeah well and the game is over when you get the three outs you know yeah. after doing so many innings right. as opposed to when the time is up right so it's like not an external thing it's like an internal thing mm-hmm. so that there's always hope Until you're actually the last one out, you could make a comeback. Whereas in other sports, if there's only a few seconds left, you're not going to score five goals. And so it seems like there's this hope for a turnover Mm -hmm. or something like that. So that sudden possibility for change might be in there. Right. I also remember hearing something about how it resonates well with Bushido, like that it's similar to sumo because, you know, things can turn around in an instant mm-hmm. you never know mm-hmm. and like sort of the ephemeral quality of the game is really appealing I guess to Japanese sensibilities so. yeah and I think there's the possibility as illustrated by the Asahi of different strategies mm-hmm. so that although when the Asahi started Joe DiMaggio was you know a big guy and known for slugging in the major leagues and so a lot of their opposition were that style whereas the Asahi eventually built on their strengths of speed and strategic bunting right. rather um, than heavy hitting yeah and then although they did have some good hitters as well when you're smaller there's also the advantage that you have a smaller strike zone so it's harder to get strikes on because oh, you're getting real technical i'm right getting right technical on you, I, I, but it's but it's you're interesting beyond me <laughs> see, that's what's interesting about it too is that it's between the knees and the shoulder is the strike zone okay so if you're smaller then it's, it's smaller. harder to get the pitch in there to get a strike oh. And so one of the interviews I saw on the Sleeping Tigers video was of an opposition pitcher who said how difficult it was to strike them out Mm. because not only were they often shorter, they would crouch down as well. So they'd like make it even smaller. So they were more likely to get uh, balls on (laughs) Asahi. And so maybe this sense of various people having the possibility of having fun and participating. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it can include all different kinds of skill sets and aptitudes. And you can make what you have work for you. Yeah. Yeah. So the Asahi have been inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame mm -hmm. and the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Yeah. One year in particular that struck me as interesting and a little bit confusing is how they won three championships in 1938. Right. That's the, the triple championship. Yeah. So it seemed like they were in this Senior B League mm -hmm. as well as the Burrard League mm -hmm. as well as this Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And so the Pacific Northwest one was maybe more like a tournament because they were playing against other... Nikkei teams. They were from the United States and stuff like that. It seems to be right. Yeah, they beat out Seattle teams, including the Fife Nippons. There's mm. that word again. <laughs> right. So, just as an indication of their success and the awareness that they engendered. But what we've been talking about is maybe the prevalence of baseball in the community at large. And this continued on and became perhaps even more important in the internment camps. Right. As you were finding out about the different leagues. Yeah, well, first thing I heard was that there was a Tashmi baseball league and they had four different teams. The champion team was known as the Yamato team. So another popular Japanese, Japanese team name belonged to Kits in the pre-war period primarily. But Yamato is a word for Japan in an ancient sense, like Japanese spirit. It's less used nowadays, but it was used more back then. Mm -hmm. And then as I went through more and more, I found that there was also a four-team league in New Denver, and that they had the Giants, the Tigers, the Cubs, and the Wolves. So Giants and Tigers and Wolves, oh my. Oh. <laughs> and there was even a Castle League, which included the Kootenai Asahis and the Castle Athletics. And, of course, we know about the Lillooet softball team, which was led by the Asahi player Kei Kaminishi, which was East Lillooet camp members who played against the townspeople, the Hakujin townspeople of Lillooet town proper, thus united in teams. That was quite interesting, his story in particular, about mm -hmm. the significance that that played. Because although they were supposed to be in a self-supporting community, they had sort of nothing there. Right. And then across the bridge in the town were all the normal amenities, mm -hmm. but they weren't allowed to cross the bridge bridge until they made relationships. He connected with an RCMP officer who was interested in having the game and it really seemed to build a bridge in yeah. a metaphorical sense. Yeah, on top of the that. literal bridge was already there yeah. and weren't allowed to use it. <laughs> and so that was extraordinary how that made it possible to bring them together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it also seemed to be a really important way for the different camps to stay connected to each other. For example, there's also the Slocan Valley Baseball Championship. In 1943, was won by the Lemon Creek All-Stars. And it was on Dominion Day that oh, they had the tournament. So interesting. Yeah, so, yeah. so July Is that, that's 1st. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, yeah, now it's called Canada, Canada Day. It used to be Dominion and Day. So, interesting symbolically mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. Apparently it was hard for the Lemon Creek team initially to get started because the person who controlled the field didn't want that to take place and there took oh. some negotiating like the, uh, some, that was Probably some local non-Japanese Canadian person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But then when they, you know, said we could have the best team and you could, you <laughs> And then they did. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting too that they talked about bringing the Koishi Cup which was the prize for the Japanese baseball league champions in the Vancouver area 
to the Slocan Valley League, but they ended up awarding the winners the Slocan Musical Cooperative Cup. So there was some talk about whether or not it was a good idea to bring the cup out if they didn't know that there would even be an end of the season. Mm. Always that uncertainty, even in the midst of all this fun. Right. Now, mostly they talk about, I guess, men who are playing. There's no examples of any co-ed that I'm aware of. Not that I'm but aware. I did see an example I mentioned in 1939 in the New Canadian of some women playing games as well. Oh, yeah? There was only like one line mentioning that I think it was Kelowna playing against Summerlin. Oh, and really? And they had a female So it was, teams. It was an intercity thing. It wasn't... Yeah. Like, so that's... Yeah, so that there was some playing, but then later on it said, oh, they haven't been playing much lately, and so mm -hmm. maybe they had other things... I would love to know more about that because we have a great photo at the museum that's uh, two women playing baseball, like one woman oh. playing a bat. And we don't know anything about it. We don't know what year it was taken. We don't know if it was even in Canada or if it was in Japan. Hmm. We know nothing about it. And it's just this amazing photo. I'm going to post it on our website and maybe yeah, anyone yeah, knows yeah. anything about that, yeah, they can tell us because cool. it's such a great photo. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't able to find much about that. Although I did notice there was a little note about uh, women's basketball team when I was reading about the Japanese Baseball League. In 1939, they mentioned a women's basketball game of a Fairview team versus a pickup team. And they said that one athlete did everything but wrestle and apparently didn't know the rules of the game too well. <laughs> It was very delicate in not mentioning any names. But sports is a rough world, man. <laughs> well, I guess depending on how you take it, it can bring people together or push them apart. Yeah. Or maybe bring people together through conflict. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah, friendly, about. sometimes less than friendly. Mm -hmm. So it seems that nowadays even there is a connection to baseball, although not as widespread. People tend to be distracted by just watching other people play baseball yeah. on screens and so forth. But there have been some efforts, including the Asahi Memorial game that's been taking place the last few years. At Oppenheimer Park. Down at the, yeah, Oppenheimer, right. which used to be the Powell Ground. So on, right. on the historic location and taking place in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's great to carry on that spirit in the name of the Asahis, but also in the spirit of this much broader community that they were a part of, this broader network that sort of fed into the Asahis where they had hunted from other teams. They inspired other teams. And after the forced dispersal, they were also mentoring and bringing about other teams, as well as other athletes. I noticed even there were some post-war teams, and a popular post-war Japanese-Canadian baseball team name was the Niseis. <laughs> so there was the Montreal Niseis and the, the JCCA Niseis in Lethbridge, which were sponsored by the JCCA, and then became the Lethbridge Niseis in 1958 and opened up to the whole community, but was still a primarily... Japanese-Canadian Nisei team. Now, I think, I don't know if it's still going or not, but there was a Japanese baseball league in Toronto. Really? Because my Yeah, my, I know my cousin played in it, and they had a number of teams, and they were going until fairly recently. I haven't researched that lately, but hopefully it's still going on. I know that there's a Japanese-Canadian hockey league, Oh, yeah. Uh, Isn't there also a on. multicultural hockey league? Yeah. I think that was a tournament that took place with teams from these different organizations. Right. But on an ongoing basis, mm -hmm. my brother plays in that league in Toronto. Hmm. Although they're open to people of different backgrounds. That's mm -hmm. the origins of it. Right. So it's kind of an interesting way of having the community get together, people having those connections. A social thing as much as anything. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. 
And I'm really glad that I got to this chance to learn more about the other teams because there are so many of them. And you think about all those players working so hard and representing their different communities. Mm -hmm. So um, this is really just the beginning of what we were able to find. We only got to first base, really. Yeah, like if that... Okay, it's time to end the podcast episode and remember right. baseball puns. But yeah, it's only we only got to first base. So it'd be But really I had cool. a ball in any It'd be really neat to see if anyone else can find more information about these teams, both in the Vancouver area and in the interior during the internment years. There's actually also a sugar beet league in Alberta as well. So I'm sure there's, you know, endless amounts They're unstoppable, of, yeah. There's so much fascinating stuff going on that we've only just scratched the surface of. So it could have been like a field of dreams in the sugar beets, you know, if they built like, it, then they would come. So I think we, what we've discovered here is not just the Asahi team but also just baseball as a whole really from what i've learned about all these leagues that happened in the teams and the competition is that baseball sounds japanese canadian to me absolutely till next time